Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. While the rest of the European leagues take a pause to enjoy the festivities like the rest of us mortals, there's no such break for the Premier League, who have the whole weekend to themselves. But it's not a typical holiday period as COVID continues to play the ghost of Christmas past, present and sadly the foreseeable future. Regardless, the crew is here to break it all down. James Bench, Heath Pierce and Jimmy Conrad join Kego Lasso Boxing Day. Premier League preview begins right now. Hey everybody, welcome to Kego Lasso. How are you? Thank you so much for being part of the family. We're on Twitter, Kego Lasso Pod, youtube.com forward slash Kego Lasso, CBS Sports and your CBS Sports app. Uh, first of all, Heath Pierce from Dubai. How are you, buddy? I'm good, man. I like I like you come to me first when I'm in the future. So I I, I kind of <laughs> like this. It's good for the ego, but I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm good. That's a good point. I'm going to the one that's further along in the world right now. And that's uh, Heath Pierce. We're an international show today. Jimmy Conrad from San Francisco. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. I'm wearing a Newcastle jersey. I've popped my collar because we've got this whole thing figured out, everybody. We got everybody <laughs> right where we want them. And we're going to start with a big win over Manchester United. Probably not. Uh, for the Boxing I, Day festivities. Yes. I love it. Uh, Newcastle, Al Pacino, Godfather 3, basically. Go. Just when you think you're out, you pull yourself back in. But hey, uh, international, we spoke. I'm from the UK, James Bench. Bench, how are you, buddy? Yeah, I'm doing really well because at the rate the Premier League games bo- uh, dropping for Boxing Day, I'm going to get a day off. <laughs> you deserve it james you deserve it i never get a day off ask uh, my editors i never thought it would come down to this but here, here we are congrats yeah. we wanted to give this to you for your christmas <laughs> absolutely uh merry christmas indeed and by the way that is true benji does get stay off but on the day off something happens so he has to come back to work that's basically the case but hopefully not this time but everybody thank you so much uh, for being part of the family. As we mentioned, that this is our Boxing Day Premier League preview, but take that with an asterisk. Before we go any further, as we said in the intro, it really would be remiss of us not to mention that we're recording this on Thursday. And a lot can change between now and Thursday later on. Sunday's matches, uh, the Omicron variant is spreading like wildfire. It's an invisible threat that hangs over every club and the possibility of multiple or all of this weekend's Premier League fixtures being postponed remains very much within the realms of possibility. So with that being said, let's just go straight to James Bench. Give us the latest, my friend, as we look ahead to the weekend of fixtures. Yeah, so just echoing your point, uh, first of all, uh, as Louis says, we're recording this at 10 a.m. Eastern time, I believe. Someone correct Mm -hmm. me if I'm wrong there. Correct. Look at that, I can do time zones. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, And as it stands, we have had two matches postponed. Uh, Liverpool's game at home to Leeds United and uh, Watford's third straight game, I believe, postponed. They were due to be playing Wolves. This is a real shame, not for many people, not least those of us that wrote several hundred wo- in, uh, several hundred words on why Wolves, it's quite difficult to say, several hundred words on why Wolves <laughs> have become so boring but effective of late. Um, so those are the two games that we know that are postponed. And the Premier League, obviously, with it being on Boxing Day, have put in real effort to make sure that the games are... Uh, 
you know, that they're giving enough notice as possible to fans before the games. They've been criticised for that, uh, you know, in like games like Burnley against Watford. So that's where we stand. We also know that Everton put in a request to have their game uh, on Boxing Day postponed. I think Rafa Benitez has just said that they have nine senior outfield players available. Um, <laughs> right now, we're in a strange position where there is there is an awful lot of confusion as to what it takes for a Premier League game to get postponed. Let's take that example of Leeds. They say they've got five players unavailable due to COVID-19. They've done excellent work vaccinating their squad. Everyone's asymptomatic. They should be back nice and early and no lasting complications. Great news. However, Chelsea, due to play Wolves on uh, Sunday, well, they were, and they put in a request for the game to be postponed uh, with seven positive cases and were told no. Now, the Premier League statement from, said that the Leeds game has been cancelled due to not just COVID, but injuries and uh, injuries and illness. So we've kind of got to the very strange position where you just are expected to to play play on, you know, if you've got a deep enough squad, even if you're being ravaged by COVID. So I, I suspect this will be something that Premier League managers uh, will be discussing. I think they're just coming out of their meeting as we speak and we'll rumble on and on, you know, what are the criteria for the games getting postponed? What, what do you think, Bench, is going to happen with regard to the protocol based on what you've heard and, and the research with what that what that line's going to be, that if you do have too many cases, it, I, I think, what is it, nine right now? And do you think that'll get dropped? What, what do you what do you think that's going to play out or how far? Or, yeah. Well, so the, the challenge is that the Premier League's view on this is that you need to have some level of flexibility because, you know, you may have a certain number of cases but not really have control of the virus. Um, and that, mm. that was an issue that Tottenham had, um, was they felt like, you know, we couldn't stop people getting infected. Um, so I, I think the Premier League are quite reluctant to draw a hard and fast line, but it, you know, it does lead to situations that are, that are manifestly unfair, where Leeds are almost kind of benefiting from extra rest and, and Wolves as well, because that their squad is a bit smaller than than Chelsea's that's chock full of internationals. I, I think they just... They just kind of want to grit their teeth and bear it and just hope. Yeah. And we're already seeing in London that the hospitalizations are quite low, that there's optimism that Omicron mm-hmm. is not as severe, a, you know, a, a variant of COVID as Delta. I think the, the kind of the hope is, can we just scramble through the next three, four weeks, postpone whatever games we need to, and then everything will be fine. And just trying to put everything, put everything else on the back burner, really. It's, it's tough and they're, they're gambling, but also I think they look at it and they say, we don't know if we can get this season finished if we don't just play through as many games as we can now. Yeah, has, has, the, has the tone, I guess, you know, because we get caught up in this whole advantage, disadvantage, teams get more rest than the other teams. Is that a theme right now, at least for you domestically, kind of seeing where the Premier League is at? Or is it more of like health and safety first, and then the rest of it is just sort of play it by ear. And then you have a Thomas Tuchel or a few others that are, you know, obviously getting, you know, drawing the short stick with all of this stuff. But is, 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 is that all woven together or is, does it seem like a clear list of priorities for the league out, you know, bar a few, few managers, a few people kind of barking loudly? I mean, I think everyone is still talking, as you say, about health and safety being number one. I, but I think we are approaching the stage where, particularly going back to what I was saying about, you know, people being able to cope with Omicron and actually, if you look at a squad like Brentford, what was remarkable was at the back end of, I think it was last week or um, it was a, th- a Thursday, I believe, Thomas Frank was saying we've got 13 positive cases. And then a few days later, it was zero. So th- these situations can change really quickly. And I think there will be concerns and frustrations among some managers. The, the prime example of this, say, is 
is Arsenal, and I'm not just saying that, but um, you know they are going to play Norwich on Boxing Day, and they're scheduled to take on Wolves on the 28th. Yeah. That was going to be really hard on both teams, but you swear, you, your argument is always, hey, it's fair, you know, both teams get a similar amount of rest. Now Wolves will have had a week off. Credit to them, their squad is fully vaccinated, and although they've had some cases, it's not been that tough on them, COVID. They're now going to have had a week off to prepare for this Arsenal game and Arsenal are going to be coming into it, I think, less than 48 hours after playing against Norwich. And they're kind of scrabbling. Uh, I just reported just now that they're, they're trying to um, convince the Ghanaian FA to let them keep Thomas Partey for the game uh, against Wolves because they, they just look at it and they go, how on earth are we supposed to get these players playing you know, mm. twice in the space of 48 hours? It's, it's really tough and we are starting to have those conversations. It, you know, you, you're... Omicron and COVID is crashing against the, the conversations we have year in, year out about how much is being demanded of players on this festive fixture list. Yeah, that's exactly where I was going to wrap it up right there. The physical and mental toll, of course. But thanks, James Bench, for all the updates. And of course, as we mentioned, you know, by the time you listen to this or watch this, uh, some new uh, advancing uh uh, comments and uh, perhaps postponements from the Premier League will happen. But let's move on. Let's talk about the games that are happening as we speak, of course. And we begin with Manchester City against Leicester City. Uh, you know, this is uh, Pep Guardiola insisting that no new strikers incoming in January, uh, despite Ferran Torres, as we are obviously reading, specifically from our very own Fabrizio Romano, that it's almost set but done. But regardless of that, you know, Manchester City remain in pretty good condition, but they do face a Leicester City who just lost in the League Cup in a very entertaining, albeit uh, super dramatic for their causes because they, you know, took it to extra time in stoppage time due to Minamino. But this is Man City against Leicester City. Jimmy Conrad, let's begin with you. What say you? Well, I'll start with the Jack Grealish, Phil Foden news. Uh, apparently those guys were being a little naughty and uh, they have histories of being naughty. Not so nice here for this oh, holiday Someone's break. not getting Christmas presents well, on the naughty list. They're getting coal in their stockings, <laughs> which means probably not getting to play in this particular game as Pep Guardiola has said that he has been paying attention to everybody's off-the-field behaviors as well and that this is a very difficult time to have success and that he expects all of his players to be top professionals. I'm paraphrasing. Maybe adding a few words in there to make it even smoother. But uh, I think... Well, he said, Jimmy, by the way, specifically, this time of year is when he says he really pays attention to people's lifestyle, his players' lifestyles, which is a really interesting thing to be like, hey... We're going into the season. I'm 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 gonna lock in on all of you. I'm gonna follow you on social media. <laughs> I know where all you're gonna do. I'm gonna be hanging out at the cafes, the bars. I'm gonna have my eyes out there, which is you know some, smart. Some I, might say he should have been doing that for Benjamin Mendy. One hundred percent, Jimmy Conrad. That's where I was going. Keep that. Going. Uh, yeah. So it's interesting who he chooses to keep his eyes on and who he uh, shows a blind eye to. Uh, though she gets into a heavy part of the conversation, but I'll leave it there. So with regard to Lester. They obviously losing 3-1. They're up 3-1 against, or excuse me, 3-3 in penalties. But but they were up 3-1, and they and they giving up a goal in the 95th minute when when Wilford and Didi, all he had to do was like back up one step and get a clear header. They would have had a nice, uh, very uh, awesome win against uh, Liverpool. It has to hurt, and and I think there's going to be an emotional letdown from that particular game. Not not. Physically, obviously, they're going to be coming into this. Man City is going to be rested. I think that gives them a big advantage. But Jamie Vardy got hurt in this particular game. I don't see him going up against City. He's got a nice track record against scoring against City. Uh, Ricardo Pereira was going to be a big loss. Soyuncu in the back is going to be out. Johnny Evans is still a player that they need to start, but he's been injured. Uh, and so this is going to be a tough test. I, kept, I think we could see Wilford and Didi 
actually dropping into the back line, which isn't always a good look. Ask Condogbia for Atletico Madrid how that's working out. So I, I feel like this is one-way traffic. I think City are going to eat up Leicester at a time where Leicester needs to rest and not actually play a game. Yeah, they're almost at double digits in terms of injuries as well or potential potentially out for this match. You've got also got Soyunku and Pereira who both got injured in that in that in the cup tie as well. And it's one of those things where you're up 3-1, you run the risk of playing your best team uh knowing that you've got this heavy fixture list. And it goes back to James Ben's point. Like this was always been this is a year in year out conversation about the time of year, the amount of minutes, the workload on these players and you add that to the fact that there's Potentially players being forced into play or, or needing to play more minutes than they would otherwise because of the fact that you've got uh, some depleted rosters and, and things like that makes it a little bit um, worrisome for me for the future. One, obviously, for scheduling, since it's not going to get any easier, but how they handle this going into the future. The flip side, again, thinking about uh, Phil Foden and Jack Grealish. I mean, an idle mind is a, is a devil's playground, and I think that's always <laughs> been the concern for a lot of these footballers is who are home by 1, 2 o'clock in the afternoon is what do you do with your time, right? And they've been on lockdown. They've had these crazy things. And I, 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 I feel for what they're going through uh, on a regular basis, not being able to unwind. They're already kind of under the microscope as top-level footballers, uh, but it's, it's, it's unfortunate. But fortunately for them, they're deep enough to, to not really have to stress over that. My, my question is with with uh, Ferran now likely or, or uh, on, on the outs and nobody coming in in the winter, uh, you know, who is the next big signing for them? I would love if, if Benj or, or, or Luis, if you've heard anything about these players. I was reading a little bit today about potentially Xiao Felix. Could he be a replacement for that or is he sort of uh, unfinished? I mean, we have the obvious uh, characters in, in Holland and Harry Kane and whatever, but Xiao Felix was one that came to mind. I was like, okay. I hadn't heard that before, and it's not a bad shout. I mean, still kind of underwhelming in terms of what they paid for him, but would would love to get your guys' thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I hadn't, I hadn't heard any rumors at all about Felix. Feels like a very Guardiola player. You know, you could see him playing out wide or as the number nine. And um, I mean, certainly, you know, from Guardiola's comments that they aren't going to replace Ferran Torres in January, I think it's pretty clear that that this is really making sure they're in position for Haaland, Mbappe. Now we know that that Mbappe one's almost certainly going to end up in, in he's going to end up in Real Madrid. But that you know that really that this is more about topping up the kitty and, and having a good go at someone top quality in the summer. And let's be realistic, they can cope. They can cope absolutely without you know without Ferran Torres. They'll be fine without Jack Grealish and Phil Foden. I, I find it very disrespectful as a fellow Sil Hillian. That's people from Solly Hole um, in the West. We know. We know. We know. We know. We're super. We, we know all that. I, stuff. I would expect you all to be experts <laughs> on, on commuter towns around Birmingham. Um, you know, as a fellow Sylvian, I know he's a he's a good boy. He obviously takes care of his mum. I imagine what he's doing is he was obviously taking some Christmas dinners to old ladies in the community. Probably go around to visit my gran, check in on her, and Guardiola has taken offence to this, and I think that's just yeah. dreadful, dreadful man management. Yeah, that's exactly uh, I mean, what's happening. Yeah, yes. I can't keep that up anymore. Well, Keith, I feel like you were watching it too because Peruvian Santa was talking about Joao Felix and the possibility of him maybe leaving in January. Diego Simeone did not rule out an exit and you know even though he scored in the previous game against Granada a game they lost by the way you know Joao Felix could be maybe on the out so it would be interesting regardless going back to the game itself Man City against Leicester City no matter what happens at the end of this weekend Man City will be on top of the Premier League and that's a very important thing for Pep Guardiola of course they're top of the table with 44 points and Leicester City are ninth with 22 points obviously 16 games only played so let's go into the predictions here for Man City uh, against Leicester. What say you, Jimmy Conrad, with some uh, betting tips, perhaps? Uh, yes, I, I 
this for me, I think you want to do a boxing day parlay. So mm. we'll add all up my picks at the end and I can tell you what that is. But because I think that's more enjoyable when you have a whole bunch of games going at once and then you can yeah, totally. at your TV. Like yeah, Christmas so gifts, Jimmy Connor. It is. Just it really is. Uh, I think Man City is going to be the, the, the easy winner here with all due respect to Leicester. Had Man City had a midweek game themselves and maybe had a couple more people out. Yeah, but this is this is a Man City team that are in very, very good form and with extra rest against a Leicester team who has that many injuries. Uh, I, I'm just trying to decide whether if you're trying to bet in this game directly, whether I think Leicester's going to score. Pat Daka will be out there. I think he's been pretty good. But against this back line of City, I don't know. I, I think City's going to win for sure. I'll, I'll say I'll, I'll give it I'll make it fun for boxing. Three one Man City. Ooh. Ooh, I like that. I'm going to go with 2-0 for Man City. I think they're just too strong. I think they can hold the clean sheet against Leicester as well, uh, considering all of the absences that are they're likely to face up against. They could very easily score more. And again, I think it's disrespectful the fact that everybody else is suffering in the way that they are, and and, and Pep Guardiola has decided to suspend two of his players for behavior uh, at this time of year, knowing that teams would pay any amount of money just to have two more players to be able to, under any circumstances or any conditions or any lifestyle choices, they would take them into their rosters right now. But I, I, the City's too strong for this. I'm going with City 2-0. Maybe Jack Grealish's grandma should call Pewadio. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, James? Yeah, I mean, probably like a tediously excellent 2-0 win. Mm. Pep Guardiola will complain afterwards about, you know, the fixture list and he's had to, you know, have Cole Palmer on the bench or some other superstar of the future. But yeah, <laughs> I just, I can't rouse myself to be interested about like the footballing activities of Man City. They're just too excellent. I'll enjoy watching them, but like, ugh. Yeah. Afterwards, you just sort of washed over you, like, you know, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, last three matches for Man City, they've uh, scored 12 goals. They haven't conceded a goal uh, in those last three. So maybe that will continue. But let's move on here. Uh, remember, everybody, take this with a pinch of salt and keep updated uh, with uh, CBS Sports on the latest news regarding the Premier League fixtures. But let's move on as Aston Villa host Chelsea. Um, Ziek has been left out of Morocco's. Uh, African Cup of Nations squad. Uh, Bertrand Traore is back as well, by the way, but we'll be see how, you know, that will feature. And by the way, from an Aston Villa perspective, Steven Gerrard is dealing with a few things. Um, two players did come back as well as some staff members, but one uh, was uh, shown a positive case as well. This is as of Wednesday as well. So I think that the sentiment will be they'll be using a lot of that very talented academy in this game, but Chelsea also has their own issues. So, uh, James Bench, let's go with you uh, on this one. Uh, Villa hosting Chelsea. Yeah, I mean, obviously Chelsea have COVID issues, but they look like they'll be easing Romelu Lukaku and Callum Hudson-Odoi. I think Hudson-Odoi probably more important than we appreciate. Both look like they should be available at the moment. Whether they'll start, we'll see. I think to an extent, and Thomas Tuchel would agree with me on this, um, Chelsea's issues have been a little bit overblown. The results haven't been great, but the performances have been fine. There was a slight defensive wobble a few games back, but they've kind of fixed that. Um, the, I mean, you know, dropping points against Everton, yeah, it's bad. And, you know, I think maybe we'll look back at this as the period that, that Chelsea slipped out of the title race, but like, they were really good. Um, I think you can almost sort of discount the, the Wolves draw because it was a game that shouldn't have happened. And um, mm. bringing back Lukaku means you're kind of not persevering with Christian Pulisic in a position he's he's not that well suited for at, at Premier League level as a, as a sole striker. I actually think he'd be quite good next to Lukaku, but that's by and by. I think, you know, the EFL Cup suggested that maybe Chelsea are just getting those numbers back. Kante just played 12 minutes, but Jorginho came in as well. Kovacic was playing. So 
I know that Luis, you'll tell me, Villa are a tough team to score against under Gerrard, a solid defence and taking even the best teams close. But I'm I'm pretty, I'm a bit more bullish about Chelsea than I think maybe consensus would be. No, I'm glad that you are because it feels so doom and gloom. I follow a lot of people on Twitter that support Chelsea and Jesus, the mood swings, man, relax. You know, I, there's going to be a time. <laughs> no, we don't have, I, we don't have those at Arsenal or Newcastle too, Jimmy, or Villa or Villa. Listen, for that much. There, there are no mood swings Chelsea in Newcastle. Thing. It's just one swing, baby. It's straight <laughs> one down. Mood, yeah, right, it's exactly. one mood all the time. So, so what's interesting is that despite their poor run of form, especially on the defensive side of the ball, where they're giving up a lot of goals, they've only lost once in their last 18 games. I wish Newcastle had that problem. Mm. And they've got two consecutive clean sheets. So I thought there was going to be a point of emphasis from Thomas Tuchel. Like we got to get back to doing the little things right, especially on the defensive side of the ball. You can't cheat the game. You have to continue to make those plays that ultimately make the difference. And it's just this brick by brick philosophy that I appreciate about Thomas Tuchel. And that he doesn't, and a lot of managers have this, this isn't isolated to him, but but that you got to do the little things right. The simple thing's perfect every time. And this makes me a bit nervous for Villa because it's, as Chelsea starts to round into that defensive form that they're known for under Tuchel, Villa are in their own space, also getting good defensively under Gerrard, but they they have two losses under Gerrard. One's the Man City and the other one's to Liverpool. And I feel like they might be in that Arsenal vibe where they are doing pretty well against the teams mid-table and below, but the teams that are above them, the teams that are going to be actually competing for the title, they seem to struggle with those. And so I, I'm kind of torn with my prediction with whether I think there's going to be like a 1-1 draw here, 0-0, 1-1 draw, or if I feel like Chelsea will eke out the win somehow because they are bringing back Thiago Silva. Lukaku could come off the bench and be a very vital super sub here. hudson Adoy looks like he's going to be healthier, an option as well. And I think it gives them more flexibility and doesn't put everything on Pulisic to try to stretch the defense and make these quick little runs. Even though he is pretty vibrant in doing that and drew a penalty against Brentford in the Carabao Cup, you know, I just, I, to Benj's point, it's probably not his best spot. Yeah, the only thing I'd add to that is that, you know, on those stats, Jimmy, the, Chelsea's also only won three of their last eight matches, which is very un Chelsea like. And, and I agree with the sentiment that Villa do need to find that kind of punch to the face of one of the big teams to sort of solidify themselves as, as, as a competing team or, or somebody that can take points off that, that top group, which will obviously have huge effects on where they fall into the table by the end of the season. But Chelsea are still without, you know, in terms of the starting lineup, uh, Lukaku or Havertz, Werner, Chilwell, a number of players are still missing uh, from that starting starting lineup. Ziyech, I think, might not play, even though he was left off the the AFCON roster. That's more of a, a nice to have over the next month or so while they while they need a bunch of matches if he's in the, if, if he's in the team. But, I mean, it, it's and, – and again, with Tuchel being so angry, being one of the most outspoken in terms of these games not needing to happen right now, the only thing that I'm really excited about is, is Christian Pulisic potentially playing the nine, getting more of a sample size of him there, only because of the fact that Jimmy and I spent – an hour a couple of days ago trying to justify him <laughs> in the nine spot uh, on a very, very specific show that has nothing to do with uh, global uh, the global game. But, yeah, I, that, that, that's the only upside for me. But I still see Chelsea being able to hold on to this one. Luis, I mean, maybe you're, maybe you're in too deep on this one, uh, but I, what's your take? Do you think, do you think that uh, Villa, Villa can pull off a result? No, game? I love it when all three of you say Villa's not going to win because I usually the opposite happens. So hopefully uh, when, when you'll gamble against my Villa, hopefully that will prove. Now, listen, Chelsea, to Jimmy's point, you know, I think the bigger test for Steven Gerrard, even in those early days, is getting those good results against those top four, those top three teams. Having said that, the Man City 2-1 loss, uh, 
very commendable. And they could have even equalized. Uh, Carney Chukumweka uh, could have even equalized as well in that situation, losing one nothing to Liverpool in a game where there were a lot of refereeing issues as All well. All right, Luis, you sound like a fan right now. You know, you're, you're, you're justifying uh, losses. One at the second. Moment, you know? One just... second. One second. I have listened to all three of you why Chelsea's going to win. <laughs> right, I'm, not say, I'm not saying Villa's going to win. I'm just saying, and by the way, last season, Villa didn't lose to Chelsea. We tied and won. So, like, I'm not saying, like and that was against Dean Smith, but with Dean Smith as a manager. I'm not saying Villa's going to win this. And also, we have to add the biggest asterisk, which is COVID. I don't even know what the squad's going to look like, to be honest with you. So with that being said, it will be a tough one. I'm going with a Villa win. Sorry, everybody. Uh, let's go with a 2-1. What do you think, James Bench? A 3-0 Chelsea. <laughs> yes, we're definitely winning. All right, Jimmy Conrad, go ahead. I mean, I'm going to... Yes, I'm going to say Drox. I think it, it adds some uh, it, love Jimmy. to my parlay, but... Uh... I'm going to reserve the right to maybe switch it to a Chelsea win. Depending on the score at halftime, depending on the score at halftime, Jimmy might switch over. I'm going, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with classic Chelsea here. I want, I want Chelsea on, on a one nil win. Yeah, nice, stay in nice the and boring. Nice and, nice and boring. Boxing day. <laughs> All right. Well, there you have it, everybody. Uh, all three experts are wrong, but that's okay. We're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, North London on the up, perhaps. Uh, I can't wait to talk about this one as well. And West Ham, Southampton, Newcastle, Manchester United, and so much more. Premier League Boxing Day preview. Heath Pierce, Jimmy Conrad, James Bench. We'll be right back. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back, everybody, to Kigo Lasso, our final weekend preview of the year, Des Norris. I'm really bad at dates and calendars and math but i think yeah no it isn't says this north <laughs> he says it in caps is like i know my calendar louise no all right i'm sorry well okay one of our final ones december 31st is our final but we got plenty of really good uh holiday episodes coming up for you as well they're super fun our end of year awards and looking ahead to transfers in 2022 and so much more but let's talk about what's going on right now boxing day premier league the north london teams james bench Sexy stuff. Arsenal. I mean, are you feeling it or what? They play Liverpool and Tottenham 
as well. Uh, obviously, of course, uh, they play Liverpool in the League Cup semis and Spurs play Chelsea in the League Cup semis. And uh, first of all, how do you feel about the League Cup final? Can Arsenal get this one, James Bench? No. <laughs> Have you seen them play against Liverpool before? I guess I suppose the one thing you have is is like maybe the sort of blind hope that well, I mean Jurgen Klopp does play really weak teams in the the EFL Cup. And for Arsenal, you know, it's a a trophy that, you know, they like when Arsenal love winning cup competitions. So maybe that's your your view on it. I think Spurs Chelsea will be quite a fun, Mm -hmm. uh, hotly Mm -hmm. contested tie. Clearly, I mean, you know, that Antonio Conte narrative is absolutely delicious. You know, that's some a festive treat there, seeing him back at Stamford Bridge. I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, I mean, now I've talked about Arsenal-Liverpool and I'm thinking, oh, well, you know, Salah will be at AFCON, Mane will be at AFCON, and I'm, <laughs> and I'm talking myself into it. And then I'll be watching at Anfield and they'll be 3-0 down after 12 minutes. And I'll think, what idiot I was. No, they're not, you know. It's, <laughs> well, let's talk about that Norwich game then. I mean, easy three points or you think maybe something else to go with it? Oh, I think this is quite an easy three points. Arsenal's great quality right now is that they are comfortably beating the teams below. That's how they're like building their top four cases. We're going to be the team that doesn't slip up against Norwich, against Watford, against Newcastle. Sorry to bring that up again. That's Jimmy. fine. No but the, you know, they will sort of really, they will, they will do a really good job and get, you know, the 28 points from a possible 30 or whatever against the, the lower reaches of the league. And, you know, they hope that Spurs, West Ham and United won't be as successful. And that balances it out against how woeful they are against the best teams in the league. I'm intrigued what how Arteta goes about this, going back to what we were saying about them now playing a fresh Wolves uh, two days later, because Alex Lacazette has been fundamental to the way they play. Mm. Really outstanding, leading the press. Um interlinking, bringing the best out of Martinelli and Saka. And tell you what, he can do that for about 60 minutes at a time. There is no way that I can see him playing both of these two games. So I wonder if Arteta might be tempted to go for a slightly weaker team, bring in someone like Nketiah, who scored a hat-trick in midweek. What a a last go in that one, huh? Oh, brilliant. He is... I, I made this point on Twitter. I, I don't want to whole railroad the whole podcast, but it looks like that's what I'm doing. His anticipation in front of goal, and if you watch the clips of his goals and watch him watching the ball as it's coming in, yeah, it's like what Dennis Rodman used to have said in the oh, last dance wow. about rebounding. Yeah. yeah, I know. Great for a US audience. But the way he watches the ball, and you can see him anticipate for the first goal he scores, he sees... Rob Holding's header is coming this way. So if the keeper saves it, he's probably going to push it out to his left a little bit. So if I'm there and then he scores, he's really, really good at that. He's not great at a lot of other stuff that's quite important for being a modern <laughs> yeah. forward. But actually, huh? you're making, good you're making us footballers sound really smart when all I all I know is in those areas. I'm <laughs> like, I see ball run. <laughs> I'm actually goal. surprised you yeah. haven't mentioned uh, Chucky Patino as well. Uh, you know, the Arsenal's elf on the shelf as well. That's you. <laughs> Yeah, he, he had quite a game as well. But Jimmy, what say you about uh, well, you know, both teams actually? But beginning with Arsenal as well. Sorry, I'm still trying to process the the love for Enketia here. This is amazing, just <laughs> slobbered all over him. Bench. No, I thought he had a tremendous performance. I also thought that Nicola Pepe played very, very well in this particular game. He had a couple assists and a goal. He seems to play well against uh, inferior opponents per se. Yeah. We saw him do it in the Europa League last season to great effect. It just makes me actually 
pretty excited for Arsenal that they have that type of depth that they can lean on in a game against Norwich. I just don't really know who he's going to start because he could go with those guys or he could go back to what's been working to Benj's point, which I'm sure he will, obviously, because he's got to rotate the squad. Tomiyasu, I think, is the biggest issue for me from a health thing. I know he came off against Leeds. Is he ready to go? I'm sure Benj knows. If he is, I think that makes a big difference as they continue to solidify and build that rapport of that back 50, line. 50-50, says James Banks. 50-50, yeah. okay. So that, I think, is something to, to keep in mind. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of games. They're going to need them for a, a lot of different reasons. Norwich, though, haven't played in 12 days. And I think there might be something that could help them there. And I'm trying to give them anything oh. right now because Arsenal are very, very good. Regard, regarding the League Cup, what I found interesting about Arsenal, they actually haven't won it since 93, the League Cup. They've only won it twice overall, but they have more FA Cup trophies than any other club. I'm like, wow, they really don't care about the League Cup that much. Really and now that they're going to run against Liverpool, I don't know what's going to happen there. I wanted That's my bad joke about that. But I will say... <laughs> That uh, I think Arsenal are going to run away with this, with all due respect to the Canaries. Uh, if, if Josh Sargent's going to score, I hope he does it against Arsenal just for the laughs and the memes. But uh, outside of that, I, 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 this is going to be one-way traffic. I just don't think Norwich have enough. My only add to the top of that is that I think 12 days is probably too long uh, in between matches in terms of uh, keeping your team going. And I think that, not that it's a detriment, but I don't think it plays as much as if you got a gap, uh, you know, a, a one-week gap and you got a full week of training and you got to really mm-hmm. work on a few things. Kind of want to test some of that stuff along the way, and it's Norwich, so I think Arsenal is just too strong. Could go five and five in a row uh, with this with this win against Norwich, and uh, I don't I don't I don't see them struggling uh, in this one. And and I think the the bookmakers agree. Yeah, the bookmakers do agree, but let's not disregard how important this is for Norwich because they are twentieth, ten points, even with Newcastle, but a worse uh, goal differential. But if they had. You know, if they win, obviously, I'm with you guys. I mean, I don't see it happening. But if they do, they would be, uh, you know, even on points with Watford uh, with a worse goal differential on 17th. Let's move to the other side of North London, Tottenham uh, against Crystal Palace. We're getting, I mean, the Conteism of Tottenham is is looking nice these days, Heath Pierce. What, what do you think about uh, Tottenham these days? I mean, what do I personally think about Tottenham? Yeah, or, 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 oh, boy. Yeah, all I do is answer the questions as specifically as you ask them. You know, Keith, so, give it to me. Give it oh, to okay. me. Personal okay. and neutral. Yeah. No, I, I mean, look, I think Spurs are are revitalized in, in, in a good way. I think North London is, is having a moment and it's feeling itself. And I, I, I really like that because it's never a good thing when, when you see both the, the teams struggling in the way that they have and sort of being the laughing stop, stock of, of, uh, of London. And teams. I, uh, for this one, I, again, th- with the full squad finally coming back, I think that'll be a nice nice return for Spurs and they could mm. go back to a back three or not a Christmas tree uh, formation and get in 3-4-3 three, three again, which could be you know, pretty good. I expect Sun to come back into the lineup again after being rotated. They had quite a few rotations um, in, in the midweek, uh, and so he could be back in, obviously, leading that team. I wonder what the job of Harry Kane is with this one continuing to play, but likely not uh, score goals, but I, I look at I look at this this Palace side and Spurs have won five at home versus Palace um, and four of those were clean sheets and so uh, that's the thing that I'm I'm kind of most sticking to in terms of the form that that Spurs have obviously I think statistics mean very very little as you as you connect them all together but uh, there is something to 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 being at home and, and and keeping clean sheets so I think Spurs run away with this one not run away with this one but I think Spurs are are, are plenty capable of having their full squad back to health uh, at least for the most part um, and and getting result here. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to sort of sound like the Arsenal fan talking down Tottenham's chances. But, but here yeah. I go as the Arsenal fan talking down Tottenham's here I go. chances. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a couple of, I mean, there's a couple of things. One, you know, a motivating factor for Spurs as well will also be that, you know, the last time they played Palace, it was a real nadir moment for them, for Nuno Espirito Santo, mm. that 3-0 loss. But equally, let's not forget, you know, there was a reason that Palace team won 3-0 and there's a reason they've been doing so well this season and, you know, confounding a lot of expectations. Conor Gallagher is is really excellent as that midfielder out of the out of possession and the, the striker in it. Uh, I, I love what they do and what Patrick Vieira has got them doing. I think they're going to be a really tough team throughout this season. And look, you know, talking about Patrick Vieira, I believe this is a, a guy that has not lost a league game to Tottenham this millennium. And, you know, having met Patrick Vieira once before, I know for a fact he isn't. He's going to be particularly keen to not lose to Tottenham. Yeah. Um, you've still got to kind of come down on the side of Spurs. I think the thing that's really exciting me or would be exciting me is as a Spurs fan from their perspective is you're seeing a bit of depth around Son and Kane as well. Lucas was good last night. Stephen Bergvine, but his best performance in a Spurs shirt for a long time. So there is... There are a fair few things to like for Spurs fans, and they look pretty solid. And, and Conte's making his mark. What I'll say, what I found interesting in their Carabao Cup game, their two-one win over West Ham, was the fact that they gave up a ton of chances. I thought Lloris had to make a lot of world-class saves and and had to be alert for a good portion of the game. West Ham had close to sixty percent possession. So Antonio Conte, as much as I'm seeing maybe Spurs attack in a way that feels a little bit more vibrant than it has in the past. And I thought they had a really spirited performance against the Liverpool as well. It, it it's still there's still something missing. There's still that thing. And when I look at what Crystal Palace can bring to the table with Ayu, uh, Edward, Zaha, Benteke, whoever it is coming, I, I just think they're going to get their chances. And if Crystal Palace can take the chances that they're giving, then I think that uh, excuse me, given, then I feel like they have the possibility of getting a result. And to that's your point, uh, West Ham didn't have Mikel Antonio. No, that's the only thing I wanted to add. Yeah, to no, point. that's Excellent. true. Go ahead, Jimmy. Yeah. No, but but Crystal Palace have only won one out of their last six. They've only won once away from home in the league this season, mm. albeit that was against Manchester City. So take that with a grain of salt. They can be opportunists when they get those half chances. And if Zaha's feeling it, we know that he can win a game by himself. I don't know. But when I look at, at what's happening here, I thought Deli Alley, despite his, lacking his finishing touch against Liverpool, was was pretty vibrant and bright in, in that game and and uh, alive in a way that we haven't seen him before, even though he looks like Captain Jack Sparrow from Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> and then, and then, uh, but you know, Lucas has been really sharp. Uh, Bergvine as, as you know, him coming off the bench could be really sharp and Hingman's son and Harry Keane. I don't know. This is a tough one for me. I like Spurs for all the reasons you guys mentioned, but I wouldn't discount Crystal Palace. I don't think anybody has, but uh, I, they do have some players that I think could punish Spurs and Spurs like to give up opportunities. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, our producer Des Norris does say Vieira also has the best Boxing Day record of any player in the history of the Premier League. Eight wins from eight. Take that with what you will. I do take a little bit of the blueprint of their game against Liverpool as opposed to the League Cup game where, and it could suit Tottenham, uh, you know, this Vieira... Uh, obsession-friendly kind of game, and Conte is so good at holding, holling, and then, you know, kind of like attacking you when you least expect it. Having said all that, Crystal Palace is looking for a continuation of a reaction, and obviously regarding of Vieira's uh, record in the Boxing Day matches, uh, like James Bain said, he does not want to lose. Can I, can I just point out, by the way, eight, eight wins from eight. All I hear is that he's had eight Christmases where he's had to go to sleep early, 
and not have any fun. <laughs> I mean, I that's, that's, that any, that's any Premier League player. But that sounds sus- right? yeah. suspiciously like not enough games. And I'm putting him in the... <laughs> yeah, that's not a lot, actually. That's true. Yeah. I'm putting him firmly under notice. as what, And I, my suspicion is Jack Grealish and Phil Foden are the same. Yeah, the fifth, <laughs> yeah. The fifth, the fifth yellow card on, uh, on, on the week, week before Christmas. Yeah. Jack Grealish is just getting Matty Cash as his doppelganger. Uh, and he'll be like, oh, yeah, he'll just come in. But all right, let's do... Pe- uh, quick predictions on this one, Jimmy. I like your parlay thing. So let's go. Let's go there. So what? Let's go from the very top, just to remember everybody. So what did you have? I Man took Man City. Man City's heavy favorites minus five forty to beat Leicester. No big surprise okay. there. Okay, Man City win. Villa Chelsea. I said Villa Chelsea. I have the draw plus two seventy, but but I'm, I'm I just switched it to Chelsea winning, because uh, I think there's going to be a draw. There's always some crazy ass draw in, in your that ruins your parlay. So Is I just trying to decide Palace? if it's going to be Spurs Palace or if it's going to be. Aston Villa, Chelsea. So I'll, I'll say draw to stay there. So let me go back to the draw there. And then I have uh, Tottenham beating Crystal Palace. And I have Arsenal beating Norwich. And that's a four-legged parlay. That's 10 to 1 right now. So if there I you go. Right. Heath, what's your parlay? Let's do, uh, let's do Man City, Leicester. I'll do everybody's. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I got Man City winning that one. Uh, what about okay. Villa, Chelsea? Chelsea, right? Villa, Chelsea. I got Chelsea winning okay. Chelsea way 1-0. N- Norwich, Arsenal? Uh, Norwich, Arsenal. I got Arsenal winning that one comfortably. Tottenham okay. Palace. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Oh gosh, man, I I just I'm so stuck on this one just because of the fact that I love Crystal Palace. I, I love the way that they play. And you hate but at the same time. And, and not, but like even but Tottenham against against Liverpool, I was really excited about the way that they were attacking. Mm. It was like a, a breath of fresh air, even though they didn't finish any of the chances. That just give it finished. to me, Heath. What uh, okay, is it? I'm I'm going with Spurs on that one. Okay. Spurs for the one. Right. What's that? Spurs, that is mm, that hurts. That's four to one plus four hundred. No, that's not terrible. James Bench, no, here we go. I'm Let's a coward. Go. If that's all I'm getting, <laughs> you, I'm a coward you, pick, you picked every favorite in that one. Give me a Spurs draw then. What do I get from Spurs draw? That goes up to uh, that goes up to plus nine thirty four. Oh yeah, I'm going with the draw. Here we go. Let's go. Roll it. Let's go. James Bench, Man City, Leicester. Yeah, no, let's go. uh, Let's go, Man City on that one. I think Chelsea. Oh, Chelsea, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Arsenal (laughs) against Norwich. (laughs) I never like betting for Arsenal. Here we go. Well, you got to do it, James Bench. No, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna bet on a draw. Okay. You better draw. Wow. Oh my God. This is him just trying to get, he, he'd rather okay, lose okay. his money and get not, the win. Not in the palace. He knows his own psychological thing here. Like he knows. All right. Okay. Fine. So Tottenham Palace? Uh, I mean, Palace are going to win that one. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So what is that, Jimmy? God, yeah. That jumps like you bet a hundred bucks, you'll win 4,300 if, if uh, the <laughs> draw, God. North Arsenal, and, and Palace beat Spurs. <laughs> City I love win it. and Chelsea win. Wow. Yeah, but there's a psychological. There was a psychological. Yeah, it's there. That was like very, very much he's, like. You can't I'm bet emotionally. He's betting I'm, emotionally. I'm, this no, is he's saying I'm willing to spend no hundred. Yeah, I'm willing to spend a hundred to be wrong so that I, <laughs> I'm right when it's he's, all said. He's done. half glass eggnog <laughs> empty. That's right. That's right. All right. Hey, Jimmy, one for me then. Man City yeah. win. Villa win. Arsenal win. Tottenham Palace draw. Ooh, wow, that's what I. That's the plus nine ten, right? That is. I gave a Villa win. Oh, Villa, Villa winning, oh, wow. City winning, Arsenal winning, and Tottenham Palace draw. Correct. Yeah. Thirty-one forty-five. So you bet hundred, you win three thousand dollars. Let's go. Take it to the bank, baby. All right, all right. Des Norris wants to ask, what's the over/under for number of games that will be postponed uh, this weekend? What do you think, Jimmy? I'm going to defer to Ben here, who's our yeah, a ahead, resident, James. a resident uh, expert on COVID. Six games played. 
Six. Six. So four postponed. I mean, I, I think there's always a wild card, and I, I have a feeling this Everton one may end up getting worse if they get a couple more COVID cases. Mm. Four, four seems like a good number. All right, well, let's uh, let's move on here. Let's wrap things up here. Jimmy Conrad, Newcastle, Manchester United. Uh, talk to me about this. What, I don't know what you, what is there to talk. I really don't. I don't know. <laughs> this is so bad. We're bad. We got ten points. We're thankfully on in nineteenth spot and not twentieth. Manchester United under Ralph Rangnick, who has been well documented as a mastermind of the the intimate details of how to have success at all levels of an organization, I think is going to be a little bit more prepared than this Newcastle team that I just think it's going to take five, six, seven years to really get it right. I mean, they really have to change everything. They have to get the youth Academy going. They got to get the scouts going. They got to get the front office going. They got to hire the right. It's just, it's just a lot and it takes a lot. And I just think it's going to take some time. They so, couldn't even get a boxing day uh, fixture. You know what I mean? Just I know it hurts. Pictures. They can't even get a, everyone gets a boxing day fixture. At least you cleaned up your stadium, right? St. James's Park looks a little less uh, advertisement free these yeah, days. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a start, right? So there's all these little things that we're building uh, brick by brick. Newcastle have conceded 11 goals in their last three. Of course, they were against Leicester, Liverpool and city, but I just feel like Eddie Howe, uh, he's got his work cut out for him. And, and as much as I appreciate some of the attacking prowess or players that have some sauce, I'm looking at mm. San Maximin and, and Almiron and, and Callum Wilson, a very, very good uh, Premier League player. That back line is just atrocious. It's just so bad when I watch them play. And I just feel like Rangnick under and with all the players that have something to prove, I think Man United's going to steamroll uh, Newcastle here. And I remember the game there at St. James's Park last year where Bruno Fernandes, I think, had a really good brace and, they were just in complete control, and I just think they're going to be ready to go. So, yes, this is a tough stretch of games for Newcastle. This isn't going to be the reason we stay up. It's not to be against the teams that are in the top five or six. It's going to be against the teams that we're competing against at the bottom and mid-table. we got to get points there and just hope for the best in these other games. I mean, let, let's be honest, Jimmy. There, there's like no reasons why you're going to stay up, are there? <laughs> Ben's just get, Ben's just said that uh, the teams you're competing with down at the bottom are going to get a draw this weekend against Arsenal. So uh, they, they, I hope that Newcastle are good. Yeah. I, I suppose the one thing, this goes back to what Heath was saying earlier, is it has been, I believe, 4,000 years since Manchester United have played a football match. Um, yeah, seriously, yeah. I don't remember any of the players anymore. <laughs> I know that obviously Ralph Ranjik will be like great time on the training ground, and um, I believe he's got a, a new a, a new new coach as well. Uh, Ewan, I don't know his first name. I believe he's worked in the the MLS as well. He's coming in as a as a coach, so there's going to be plenty of people helping out on the training ground to make up for the absence of Kieran McKenna and, and Michael Carrick. But um, I mean, that maybe does kind of give you hope that, you know, Ranić will want a lot of time to drill them on shape, to drill them on pressing triggers and pressing patterns. But mm -hmm. actually, he'll really want them to be able to apply this in game. And, you know, I know that there are other teams in the league that have had a, a long break, but not many, I think, as, as long as Man United, who weren't great against Norwich, who weren't great against young boys, mm -hmm. like... The hope, I guess, if you're a Newcastle fan, is that you can hit them early on. You know, someone like Sam Maximan could get a Juan Bissaka or a Dalot. And then the, maybe you just kind of hold on from there. I, I, I'm actually, I, I still would predict a Man United win, but yeah. I think Newcastle could give this a good go. I think. It yeah, Ewan is his first name, by the way. Ewan Sharp, that's who you're thinking about. Yeah. Ewan Sharp. Yeah, wow. they might be good for 20 minutes, Bench, but that, you know, we, we had <laughs> well, a good 15 nice against Tottenham, that, and it was amazing. I was like, I'm all in on these guys, and they, <laughs> they blew it from there. That's my worry for Man United anyway, is that, okay, more training 
ground time, but like after 20 plus positive cases across the club, it's, it's some of that time needs to be made up and just getting fitness back, depending on how long these players out. Obviously we're talking about the fact that if all of these players are Omicron uh, positive cases and some of the injuries that they have, that they're, they're getting time on the pitch and it's not having some sort of long-term effect on them or they're not out for very long, but who knows what a fitness is like of every single player, right? You, we've, you've seen it before where a player come, two players have the same exact cold. One takes a lot longer to recover from, takes them a while to get back going again and get that fitness back. So there could be some fitness concerns as well, especially when you're not playing matches because that's really the only way to simulate that, that sort of fitness needed to keep going. So I think that's where there's I see a few vulnerabilities. But in the attacking front, even if they do have a number of players out still, uh, Manchester United are still too strong for this Newcastle yeah. side. I just see them winning. All right, so all wins uh, here from Man United. Is it even worth adding to the parlay, Jimmy Conrad? Yeah, of course. You get right. more. You get more. Uh, get a little uh, more well, juice on there. Let's do yours, since you're our our, our resident uh, betting expert. Okay, we'll- hold on. I gotta I gotta get rid of Villa winning because that's not gonna happen. <laughs> um, Thanks, Jimmy. No problem. I'm actually. Well, let me go back to the draw. I think they. I think I have the draw there, dude. I have the draw. Okay. So so Arsenal winning, Tottenham winning, City winning, draw Aston Villa, Chelsea. And Man United winning is uh, plus fifteen thirty one. So there fifteen to one. You bet hundred to win fifteen hundred, or ten to win one hundred fifty. Why not? I like, I like it. It's not bad. All right, uh, Desnars. Let's add the rest of those fixtures on the screen. By the way, we have West Ham against Southampton, Burnley against Everton. But with an asterisk, as James Payne said, that game might not even happen. Brighton against Brentford. Any thoughts on those uh, games, Heath Pierce? Oh man, not really. Uh, to be honest with you, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I love, I love, I love boxing day for, for, for various reasons, but, uh, that's because I get the, the pick of the litter in terms of the good games to be able to watch. Uh, but, uh, there's, there's nothing really that stands out to me other than the fact that with, uh, with West Ham, our, our guy, Mikel Antonio, who we big up for so long has scored one goal in his last 10 games. And that's a huh? bit indicative of uh, the, the current form of, of West Ham and, and the results that they're getting. And, and the fact that, you know, we, we put him at the top of the list of the best player in CONCACAF. But for what? You know, yeah. for what, guys? For what? <laughs> for what? <laughs> I'm, I'm with Heath here. I don't really want to talk about any of those games. What I do want to talk about, because I worked long and hard on this before they postponed the game, is Wolves who will be playing Arsenal on the 28th, and we've talked about that a lot. But they have got incredibly boring, and it has been incredibly effective. I'm going to read you out these, my my favourite XG stats. So from Wolves' first five Premier League games, they put up 9.19 XG. Mm. In the 13 since, they put up 9.63. Now, those those first five games where they were fantastic. Adama Traore was, you know, this Marvel, huge XG numbers, looking really dangerous, playing through the middle. Uh, yeah, they got three points from those first five games. The 13 since they've got 22, uh, which is the fifth best record in the Premier League in that time. They have become sort of, they've gone straight back to archetypal Nuno Espirito Santo suffer ball. Um, I know this has absolutely no relevance for the games coming up, but really, I just wanted to talk about it because it would be such a shame if I'd wasted all that time anyway. But no, look, Keith, I know you don't want to watch any of these games, but just be grateful you didn't have to watch Wolves <laughs> against Watford because it would have been diabolical. <laughs> so put some respect on Bruno Lage's name, uh, the manager for, for Wolves. He's figured out who he has and they want to play not very aesthetically pleasing football. What are you going to do about that? Uh, my my final thought about these these matchups was West Ham. I know they've only won one out of the last seven. Every team goes through these spells, and I'm curious to see how they fight their way out of it. I actually thought they created more than enough chances against Spurs in the Carabao Cup. 
yeah. where that's where I think your big concern is. If you're a fan of any team, if your team is struggling to create chances, that's when it's time to panic. But if they're still creating chances and just not finishing their, you know, finishing their finishing those off or or if they're giving up a lot on the other side, where I think that's where Chelsea people were having those big mood swings because they're just giving up so many goals, which is very unlike them. That's where uh, you start to, okay, these are red flags. But I think West Ham's still in a good spot. They just have to make sure they keep believing. And hopefully Mikel Antonio uh, will find his scoring boots uh, once again, just not against the U.S. That's Yeah, I mean, well, let's remember, West Ham are still fifth, okay? And, uh, you know, they're still in a good, uh, you know, situation as we reach or almost reach the halfway point of the season. But that's it. That's our Premier League Boxing Day weekend preview, our penultimate weekend preview. See what I did there, Des Norris? I didn't mm-hmm. forget. Our penultimate weekend preview. We've got plenty more action to discuss in the following uh, days before we wrap up 2021. But final thoughts from these lovely gentlemen. Heath Beers, I'll go with you. Oh, man, it's a, it's an exciting weekend. Hopefully we'll get as many games as possible. Uh, it would be a real shame. It's a, it's a weekend that the whole world looks forward to, especially for the Premier League to be able to zero in on and own the own the focus and intrigue of the world. So hopefully there's enough games to, to keep that, uh, that, that magical run of, 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 I don't know, whatever going. All I know is that I'm going to be in my pajamas and I want to see some goddamn games, okay? So if everybody can put their health at risk so I can make that happen, so we can keep traditions going, that's what I'm here for. Let's go. Yeah, just echoing that plea to uh, plea from Jimmy. Please, I do not want to spend any more time with my family than I have to. <laughs> Let's get through this. You just got to what, – what are you talking about? Jack Grealish just dropped off a cake at the at, at your grandma's house, dude. You got plenty, plenty, of, plenty of treats now to sit through a Boxing Day match. <laughs> I love it. I love it. No more family time. More beautiful game. James Bench. Thank you so much, brother. Thank you. Jimmy Conrad, always a pleasure. Oh, pleasure. Heath Pierce, stay safe, my man. Thank you. Happy holidays. Happy holidays, everybody. Thank you for being part of our family. Kegolasso Pod on Twitter. Make sure that you follow us as well on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can rate us now. Give us that five-star rating. And, of course, CBS Sports and your CBS Sports app. Have a wonderful Christmas, a holiday time. Be safe, please. Be kind. And we'll see you next time. So long. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.